welcome everybody to another episode of Fresh Juice, an indie game podcast. It is episode four. I am one of your hosts, Tommy Fresh, as always, and joined as always is uh, all the way from the other side of New Jersey. It is Matty Juice. What's yes. going on, everybody? Bringing together the Fresh Juice. I said it right this time. I said it right. I said Matty Juice. Um, but yeah, happy to be here. Episode four, we're rolling, you know, with the weekly eps and real excited to talk about the game today. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about wizard with a gun, a new game from devolver digital and, uh, uh galvanic games, which it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Cause I think we, we, we haven't talked about it, you know, outside the podcast. We don't know what we think about it. This is, this is very much totally going to be an experience because I don't know what Matt's going to think about this game. And to be honest, I'm still figuring out what I think about this game. It's a, it's a, it's probably the most interesting one we we've covered so far in terms of like what's going on with it. And and you'll see why when we get to the review, but before we do that, what's going on? What's new, buddy? Oh man. Um, you know, just been busy lately. Went to a wedding over the weekend. Uh, I know we chatted a little bit earlier, but just for the listeners, went to uh, my sister-in-law's wedding. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, of course, I watched the Eagles win last night. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, no, just been really busy. This is actually kind of the first week, even at work, where I feel like things are kind of settling down a little bit, which is nice. Um, so it's given me a little bit more time to play some of these games, which is great. Um, as well as some other games that I've been playing that we'll get to at towards the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I've oh, been doing pretty well, though. Uh, it's nice to have time to play these games and be able to review them for you guys. But uh, yeah, what about you, Tommy? How's everything going? Uh, just busy, busy as all hell. You know, I also had a wedding this weekend. It wasn't the same one. It was a, it was a high school friend. It was a good time. It was a Sunday wedding, which is, which is always interesting. Because you want to go crazy, but it's Sunday and you got work the next day. We did we, my fiance and I. We we decided not to take off. Maybe we should have because we were really tired today. But that is okay. And for, for everybody listening, we are recording on Monday. Uh, it's not still Wednesday. Yeah. And I'm tired. I'm not that old. <laughs> um, but besides that, I had a um, a pro quest on Saturday for Flesh and Blood, the the trading card game that I that I play and, and talk about in my other podcast and uh pro quest based, that podcast, by the way, uh, fresh and buds it is fresh right up there. If you're watching on the, the YouTube, you can see it right behind me. Um, and a pro quest is basically a qualifier for the pro tour. The pro tour got announced. The next pro tour got announced and it's in LA. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to travel out there unless I'm qualified. So I'm like, well, I'm going to give it my old college try. I got two qualifiers to go to. The first one was this past weekend. And I, I I played very well. I made it to the top four. Nice. Once, you get to, once you get to top eight, it's single limb. I won the first round of top eight, and then I and then I died in top four. So I didn't qualify, but I was close. Ah. Um, I got one more shot in uh, in two weeks, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but other than that, yeah, the the wedding was fun. Busy busy as all hell with work and everything. We we got a lot of changes going on there, but. Happy to hop on the mics. This is what I look forward to the most. And yeah, I mean, we, we got a, we got one hell of an episode uh, oh, yeah. coming up. But uh, let's, let's talk about some news. I found it to be a pretty light news week. Uh, you know, looking around, uh, you know, the indie kind of, what do, you, what do you even call it? News sites and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And uh, the, the main thing I saw was um, a game called Hotline Miami from like 10 years ago. It's a great indie game. I played it like 10 years ago. It's on sale on Steam for like two bucks, and I think you get the sequel with it. So I just thought that's, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's news. And if you're looking for a pretty fun indie game uh, for a pretty great price, I think that $2 is, is pretty incredible. So uh, definitely check that out. It's on Steam. That's Hotline Miami. But... Did you ever yeah. get to play that game, Matt? Uh, so I've never played it. I have watched it, and I obviously, like, when it came out, I feel like it kind of took the indie world by storm a bit. I remember seeing it everywhere. It's a great-looking game from what I remember, but no, I've never really played it. So um, what kind of game is it? I, I kind of forget, like, uh, yeah, what genre would you kind of throw it in? I guess it's, like, crime kind of, okay. like, I don't know. It's, it's very story-driven with uh, with... I mean, the art style is incredible. I forget how the story actually went because it's been so long since I played it, but it was a lot of yeah. fun, and uh, you get a lot of great... You know, it's it's one of those games where, like, oh, this is super unique because it kind of t- took that 80s feel and made it feel uh, modern in a way. So definitely yeah. I would check that out uh, for anybody yeah. listening, um, including yourself. Two bucks. I, yeah, $2. I mean, I mean, we, we'll get to our rating system again soon, but that that is one hell of a, a deal to get on. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we don't have a rating for that game, but it probably would have been better than, than uh, get on sale. But, you know. Who knows? It's still you know, on maybe sale. We'll do a, maybe nice... we'll do like a throwback episode one maybe, day. You know? Do some old indie games. Retro Rating. reviews, man. We'll do yeah. that. Like, yeah. But uh, I saw you, you threw uh, an article here. Uh, if you want to talk about it, um, it's... <laughs> I only read the headline, so I'm I'm interested to see what this is actually really all all about. But yeah, so I thought this was pretty funny. This is posted yesterday on PC Gamer, um, and uh, the title of it says "Website Stole and Monetized a Free Browser Game, so the designer replaced it with Goatsy." I I, I don't really know how to pronounce it. I know what it is. So essentially, yeah. Um, so essentially, um. Uh, this game is called Squirt. Uh, it's S Q W O R D dot com, and it's a free game. Um, you know, it's kind of got the Wordle vibes a little bit, um, where basically I think it gives you like a five by five grid, and you basically have to try to spell as many words as you can. The longer words that you can spell, you know, in that grid, uh, the more points you get. So it was just a free game that this guy Josh Simmons and his friends created. Um, and like I said, it's available on squirt.com, but apparently it's been picked up by multiple browser game sites. So, um, you know, games like, or, or sites like, uh, I don't even know if Albino Black Sheep is still around anymore mm. or like, uh, mini clip addicting games, things like that, um, where they are essentially just taking an iframe of this game squirt and they're putting it on their website without permission and they're running ads around the game. So the developer found out about this, and uh, he was saying, you know, obviously the responsible thing would be to just like add a uh, security policy or something like that to the website and force these other sites to take it down. But what he decided to do instead, um, and this is a throwback to like the late 90s, if anyone remembers this, but um, goatsee.cx is a uh, essentially a shock website where you go there and there's a guy showing you his booty hole. Um, so what this guy did, uh, if, if it detects, uh, if his game detects that it's being played within an iframe on another site, 
it'll just show you this guy's booty hole. Um, so you won't actually be able to play the game. Um, but I just thought it was a really hilarious way to kind of combat, you know, these people that obviously didn't get permission and they're making money off this guy's game. Um, and he actually said, and I quote, it has been one of my greatest achievements as a developer. Um, so <laughs> I just think it's a really funny, you know, that, that's basically the entire story. But um, I just think it's a really funny way to kind of handle this sort of stuff. And um, definitely, you know, shame on those those sites for, for not even asking for permission. You know, I'm sure that they do this with a ton of different games and they just try to make as much money as possible. But I think this is a really funny way to handle it. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is, and and I mean, I just just you know, from my knowledge of Goatsy, <laughs> uh, I think saying that uh, it's just a dude's booty hole is putting it lightly. I would say it would I be. Want to get to it. I would say it would almost be a bit of a stretch to say that. Um, so you know, <laughs> but yes, yes, it would be. Yeah, but I, I think <laughs> I think that this this developer is. Awesome, and I think that all these sites had it coming, and uh, I love I love stuff like this, and like the fact that you you found that and put that up, I was like, oh, I can't wait yeah. to talk about this because this is true revolutionary spirit right there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and funny thing as well is that um, this is kind of outside of indie games, but a big conversation that's been happening um, with Twitch right now is with embeds. So like. Streamers are, in, are are basically they have these Wikipedia sort of websites for different video games, and they're embedding their own live stream on the page, but like it's like not really visible. Mm. So that was counting as viewers. Like all these people were basically every time that page would load, it'd be a new viewer. So they were getting thousands of viewers, Whoa. but they weren't really watching the stream. So Twitch has come out, and they they do have a policy in place now. Um, so I just thought it was kind of relevant to that, right? With like kind of embedding people's work where it sh probably shouldn't be embedded. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely a great way to handle it overall. And it'd be great if Twitch did that as well, if it detected, you know, maybe that should be the trend now. It's just having Goatsy everywhere where, you know, content shouldn't be. Maybe that's, that's uh, you know, we need to revive Goatsy from the <laughs> 90s and, and bring him into the 2020s, you know? You know, it's funny. Uh, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, like what what got me into podcasting was a website called spill.com. They used mm. to do animated movie reviews for like on YouTube, they would do clips, but like their, their actual podcast would be the actual reviews and then they cut it up and animate it. It was very cool. We all got into yeah. it when it was like on YouTube, they, they were all really funny. And it's still surviving pretty well in its new iteration called Double Toasted. I definitely recommend anybody check out DoubleToasted.com. They have a great Twitch. They do all of their stuff on, on Twitch streams now, but you can also watch the the, the videos and, and listen to the podcast version. But uh, one of the podcasts that I would listen to was called Let's Do This. It was, it was Corey Coleman and uh, Co-Host 3000, which was just uh, some guy, uh, you know, just in, using an alias. And they're quote-unquote producer's name was Goatsy, a goat, his name Goatsy, and that was the first, I, that was the first time I heard of Goatsy, and then I was like, why is this like a weird name, and I looked it up, and I regretted it, so, um, but <laughs> shout out Goatsy, shout out Corey Coleman, and, and Double Toasted Spill.com, those were some good days, but are you ready to get for the, get to the main squeeze here? I think I'm ready to squeeze. Let's do squeeze. it. Squeeze. You know, here at Fresh Juice, we like to squeeze. And the main squeeze is always our review of whatever game we are covering, which is, as we covered at the top of the show, 
Wizard with a Gun. Now, this is by Galvanic Games, published by Devolver. Devolver obviously become like almost, I feel like, close to AAA at this point. Like, is the publisher that is pushing out a lot of great indie games on a consistent basis. Uh, yep. You know, you know, one of my favorites, Enter the Gungeon, uh, is, is one of these, and and Cult of the Lamb, which we're going to talk about in a in a hot second as well. Um, but Wizard of the Gun, you want to tell us the elevator pitch for what this game is? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so uh, this is just for everyone to know. It's on PC, Xbox, and PS Five. It's twenty five bucks. There is a demo available as well. So if you're interested in what we have to say today, definitely try out the demo. Uh, but essentially, uh, and this is, I'm kind of reading from the Devolver site here, uh, just to make sure I'm speaking properly, but it's an online cooperative sandbox survival roguelike game. Um, it's set kind of in a magical world, uh, and, and kind of the, the the premise of it is that you need to keep rewinding time, and those are kind of the different runs that you do. Um, so you can play this alone, you can play it co-op. Um, I believe both of us have played it solo, so we, we don't know about the co-op experience just yet. But, um, yeah, you essentially have your kind of little safe area where you're able to build, and that's kind of more the survival side of things. And then when you get into the actual uh, world to do your runs, uh, this is where you're the wizard with a gun, and you're, you know, shooting enemies and trying to collect things. So, yeah, I think overall it's, it's um, uh, very similar. I've heard people say it's very similar to Don't Starve. So if you guys have played Don't Starve before or Don't Starve Together, um, it's similar to that. So... Uh, yeah, that's kind of the the quick elevator pitch um, for Wizard with a Gun. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it is it is a lot of things. If if you mm. can't tell by the the description, I mean, it, primarily I feel like it's, it is a roguelite with all yeah. those other things built into it. And uh, I think the, the best way to start is talking about the gameplay. So uh, I mentioned Cult of the Lamb, <clears throat> which is a, I guess I would call it a similar version of this, right? It, it's same art style, same almost uh, movement mechanics uh, as as Wizard with a Gun. Uh, the only difference is Cold of the Lamb was when you go on your runs from your base, you'd go like through dungeons. This is you would just get placed on one little like procedurally generated map where you're trying to collect things and come back to your base and, and try to upgrade everything, get to new levels. And the the gameplay is interesting here because it, it feels very uh, simple in a way, but not, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because yeah. you have to build things, right? And you got to have these different guns and you got to upgrade different bullets and stuff like that. Now, for me... You know, and, and you mentioned we 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 kind of like touched on it a hot second before we started recording. But I started with a controller, and I was finding the controller controls to be very difficult. Now, to be fair, I have a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, and it shows you the Xbox. So I was getting confused <laughs> with I was it would say B, but B is in a different spot on the the Switch controller as opposed to yeah. the Xbox controller. But whatever. I mean, I could figure it out. Eventually, I was like, all right, let me try keyboard. And I felt like keyboard was a lot better, right? It made a lot more sense you, uh, with with a lot of what's going on because you have like a almost like a Diablo-style arsenal of guns where you can switch, mm -hmm. you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, like almost like an MMO in a way. 
And I felt like while the gameplay was exciting at times and I enjoy the roguelite aspect, right? Going back to this little base area where you're upgrading things and, and, and progressing the game. I felt like there was a lot going on and, and it became very like, it, I think it distracted away from like what you really want to do. And maybe that was just me. I felt like, okay, do I like, why do I have to go build something? Like, like I, cause you only have a certain amount of time, right? Yeah. You only have a certain amount of time. And like when you go on your runs, because it, the, the time's counting down. And once it counts down to a certain point, things get crazy. You gotta get back to base or just die. And I felt like it, like a lot of it distracted away from what you want to do. And, and, and I felt like the, the quests in a way were almost random. It felt like, you know, like I understood they want you to figure out the different weapons and items you can use throughout the beginning of the game. But like, it felt like weird requests for you to do. Like it didn't, I, I, I felt like it didn't really progress the, like the game's enjoyment for me. But other than that, there are a lot of positives. I love the, the different kind of bullets you can create guns you can create and, and, and stuff like that. But it, yeah. And, and the combat was 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 fun, your typical dodge roll bullet hell kind of stuff, and and the the enemies were, were neat as well. So there was a lot I liked about it gameplay wise, but a lot that I was just like, this this feels too much, right? Yeah. Like this is this is too much going on, and it's distracting from what's really good about the game. And and maybe, you know, I could be off base here, but maybe they felt like, well, you can get this kind of experience in a lot of different games, right? You can get this experience, like Cult of the Lamb is a great example. You can you can get this really good roguelite experience there. You can get it in Dead Cells. You can get it in Enter the Gungeon, whatever. Um, we want to really make it unique. And they certainly did. They they If, if that was the goal, they, they accomplished it. But I felt like, it was a, a bit too much. It's like the laws of diminishing returns kind of came into effect. Uh, but that, that was my take on the gameplay. But what about you, Matty? Yeah, no, uh, I definitely agree with a lot of your points. Um, and just for the listeners to know, I, I put about seven hours, I think, into the game. Uh, and from what I looked up on how long to beat, it's about a 13-hour game to just beat the main story. So, I, you know, I'm about halfway through. I think if you're a completionist, it's said about 24 hours to complete it. So it's not an incredibly long game. Um, and I did feel that uh, some of it was just very tedious. Um, like, I, I do think there's a lot of pros to this game, you know, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that with the other categories as well. Um, and I do think that the gameplay overall is is fine. Like, it's, it's good. I think the gameplay loop um, was solid. Once I kind of started to understand... You know, oh, you have to go back to sort of your base area and like build some structures so you can craft new items or research new things or, you know, use um, a furnace to make more iron um, so that you can craft more things. I started to kind of understand that. And then when you go back into the world, you know, you're you might be farming for things or just kind of shooting and looking for specific enemies, whatever that might be. So I kind of got the idea of like the gameplay loop, um, but I did feel like. I, I just feel like the survival aspects make it more tedious than it should be. And you kind of, you know, you touched on that when you mentioned like building things. I don't really think I ever built anything in the world itself. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So everything was kind of back at my base. And, um, you know, I don't know if, if, uh, um, we mentioned this, but like all, every time you do a run, it's procedural. Obviously I think that's like the case with all these types of games. Um, but the thing that kind of bothered me a little bit is, you know, um, and, and maybe this is more on like the art side of things, but the way that they do the procedural generation is there's sort of like blocks missing from the world. And I just kind of felt like sometimes when I was trying to run through the world and either running from enemies or just trying to like, you know, chain them together or whatever it might be, I just kind of felt it was a little annoying to try to, you know, circumvent around these these different holes in the ground that are like block-shaped holes. And then you do have an item where you can um, kind of rebuild part of the ground and different types of ground, but it's just kind of a hassle. You know, you're being chased by, you know, 10 different things and um, you have to switch weapons and like build something in the middle of combat. Like it just, it just seemed, I, I do agree, like it was just a little bit tedious and just a lot going on. Um, but I, I, and I do feel like if, if those survival elements weren't really in the game, like let's say the base had all of those structures already built, or maybe after you hit a certain level, certain structures unlocked, like, you know, you unlock the fire, um, the fire bullet research or the lightning bullet research or whatever that might be. Um, that could have worked a little bit better. Like I felt like when I was in the world, I didn't care about building things. I didn't care about like like there were a few times where I just did runs where I was destroying rocks and trees. And I was just like, this is just kind of a little silly. Like I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, they should just kind of get rid of this section as a whole. Like I, I would have really preferred that I got items only from enemies that I killed rather than like the environment itself. I just feel like that would have been a little bit more rewarding, especially when you go to craft things, you know, I'm not thinking, Oh, like I'm happy I just spent like 10 minutes like chopping down tree or shooting down trees and, and rocks. Instead, I could be thinking, oh, I'm happy I wiped out all these enemies and they gave me some great loot from it so that I could craft things with it. So, yeah, I do think that overall, I mean, the gameplay was fine, but I just feel like, yeah, it gets a bit tedious with those survival um, elements in there. Um, and then I, I do think uh, just talking about like character creation, I thought that was pretty it was pretty great. We'll probably talk more about that in the art section um, when we cover that. Uh, I'm just taking a look at a few different notes here. Um, another great gameplay element, um, and this is more of a user experience thing, is you can pin all of your tasks to the screen, mm-hmm. which a lot of a lot of survival games in general, because for the listeners, I I do play quite a bit of survival games, so I kind of know what I like and I know what I don't like. And if you're looking at this game from a survival lens, it does miss the mark a few times. Um, you know, you can't rename your chest. So, like, it's hard to know what's in what chest. You have to keep kind of checking that. Um, but you are able to pin tasks to the screen. So whether you're trying to craft something or, you know, um, you, I don't know, have a specific mission that you just want pinned to the screen while you're running around, like, you don't have to worry about, um, oh, what what was that item I needed to craft this other item? It's all on the screen for you. So that was really great. Great quality of life improvement there. Um, you mentioned that the gun combat, you know, um, or or the combat in general, I felt like was pretty simple. I would have liked maybe a little bit more complexity. Um, you know, uh, you basically just dodge, run and shoot and like, that's fine. But I, I would have been kind of interested, you know, I've tried a bunch of different bullets as well. And they, even though they have different effects, I kind of felt like, um, my rhythm was the same every single time I would go into the world. And I would have liked if the rhythm kind of switched up a bit, if maybe there were some enemies that I came across 
and they had completely different mechanics. I had to kind of think about that. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I just kind of felt like I never really had to go back and, and say, oh, I need frost bullets for this level because that's what they're weak against. Like, I just kind of used whatever I thought was good, and it ended up working pretty well for me. Um, like I said, I'm only halfway through, so maybe the second half of the game, a lot of that changes. And I know I'm talking a lot about uh, the gameplay, but there's just so much. Like, Tom, you're absolutely right. Like, there's a lot going on in this game. Um, and I, I really, I'll, I'll just cap off the gameplay with this last thing, and it's a little bit of a cherry on top. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this, but they actually have a Twitch extension for this game that's really interesting. So um, for just for the listeners, um, if you don't know what a Twitch extension is, basically if you're watching a Twitch stream, a streamer can enable uh, an extension on the stream so that the viewers can participate in the game. Um, so this actually lets viewers control any object in the game, NPC uh-huh. <laughs> or enemies. So that is really cool. Like I find that I would love to try that. Maybe we'll have a fresh juice stream at some point in the future and we'll test that out. Um, but I thought that was a really interesting idea. And I would love if more roguelites did something like that um, because that also enhances the replayability of the game, you know, especially if you're a streamer um, because 13 hours isn't like super long, right? For, for a game and um i kind of found like the replayability was kind of there for this game but not full like i don't know if i even want to finish it <laughs> like I, i'm not i'm not really invested in the story but i thought the gameplay was all right enough for maybe me to go back and play some more so anyway i know uh, talking for a while there but um, i think overall the the gameplay was fine but nothing more than than fine um and i, I think that's basically is that kind of what you were thinking as well, Tom, with with your uh, your review there, the gameplay? Yeah, yeah, it was. I I, I just thought they were trying to do so much, right? And yeah. and it really took away from each aspect. I I wanted like maybe if they like drop one aspect of the game and focused more on the other like three or four or whatever it yeah. was. It was like a lot of things going on. It would have felt a little bit deeper and 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 less. Like you're getting pulled in different directions. Like I, it, like it. I think there's there's probably a world where this combination of stuff is happening in a game where it's gonna really work. But yeah, I don't think this was it, right? Like, but the, you know, not to say that there wasn't positives about this game because there certainly are. Now the question is, is the story a positive? And um, I'm gonna just say it right ahead, right now. I don't think so. And and I don't think it's it's the game's fault, to be honest. And and I'll explain why. This is, it has to do with a lot of time travel, right? You you have to like rewind time to kind of like rebuild the world out so you can kind of progress through the story because something bad happened. You got to rewind time and 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 do that. The problem with that is, and you see it in movies, you see it in games, you see it all the time. Time travel stuff is hard to pull off right there are so few movies that can do it correctly and even still there's plot holes in those movies back to the future there's plot holes in that movie (laughs) and it's one of the best time travel movies of all time looper one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time still some plot holes and the problem with this was there was no real substance that that went along with the the time travel now it is a roguelite so it's kind of hard to have like a real like intense story because it's it's based on kind of redoing runs and you dying over and over um actually you know it's actually a really good time travel movie in a way it's it was uh edge of tomorrow 
uh, oh, yeah. with with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, which was roguelite the movie, right? <laughs> Tom Cruise when he dies, and it's 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 it's, it's Groundhog Day, but a but a sci-fi yeah. movie. But when he dies, he goes back to the beginning and he has to redo it. And that was a, a great way to pull it off. Now, Wizard with a Gun, I didn't think really pulled it off. I they can't, they talk about chaos and all this stuff and like oh we got to make sure that like you know if it gets to this point we got to be able to rewind it it never really felt like the stakes were that high it yeah. only felt like a a reason to kill certain enemies on your runs and and whatever that's fine but it just did not have a lot of substance and it felt like they were trying to to give you a lot of substance and that's where i fell with the story and I think actually if they had nailed the story a little bit more, it would have made up for all my complaints in the gameplay section of the game. Um, yeah. And which is, which is a real shame because I think it really could have been there because there's a lot going right with this game um, from the flavor aspect. I mean, just like the, the idea of this wizard with a gun is a cool yeah. idea. I, I, I love that. And I would, that's why we were so sold on it, and that's why we wanted to actually review it. And there was so much there that, that could have been done, and I felt like they kind of fell flat on the, the story side of things. And, you know, the gameplay, whatever, I think they were trying things, and I, I can't really discount them for it because it is, a at this point, a very crowded space, the roguelite genre, yeah, as well as everything else it was trying to do. So, like, I understand it's like, we got to be different. I think being a wizard with a gun was already different enough. Right. In my my opinion, it was like, oh, this this is way this is nailing the enter the gungeon style like aesthetic from a different angle and I think that's why people were excited. Um mm-hmm. so but the story it was very convoluted and you're just like, okay, I rewinded time and and what does that mean? Does it really matter that I rewinded time? And I, I felt like it was not, it wasn't really fully fleshed out and just maybe just too convoluted, but that's where I was with the story. And, you know, I hate to be coming down so negatively on this game because I did enjoy some of it and we'll get to some of what I enjoyed, but it just, God, I, I just wanted a little bit more. I think maybe because like it, we were so hyped for it. Like, come on, give me, give me what like it should have been, I think. But yeah. where, where'd you, where'd you fall in the story? Yeah, uh, well, uh, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think our, you know our expectations were high because of. Uh, we'll talk about the art. You know, uh, I think that was part of it, and then obviously the name and the concept of the game, and then also that it's Devolver. It's like everything was kind of lining into place, and we were like, okay, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be great. Um, and I also did find that it kind of fell short in the story. Um, and I think, at least for me, um, what I have written down here is, I just felt like I spent a lot of time alone. You know, like where I was in in my base, like there's no one in the base to like talk to or give any real story elements. Um, You know, you go into the world and you kind of see some of the same characters. And, you know, if you're progressing through the story, they'll they'll mention different things. But there's no like it would have been cool if there were maybe some really interesting cutscenes that were involved. And maybe that's more on the art side of things. Um, You know, I know that there's typically not, um, you know, major cutscenes in these sort of games, but I just felt like the art style could have been cool if they did sort of cutscenes, you know, using those characters. Uh, and then you find, you know, I found a character in the world that like he was trapped on a little island. So I had to like build 
you know, and get him off that island. And he was just like, thanks, here's like 10 wood. And it yeah. just felt like it had nothing to do with like the story. It was just, he was just kind of there, um, which, yeah, he was adorable. But um, I do agree, like you mentioned that the stakes didn't really seem like it was that high. And I, I kind of felt like there's, you know, when you, um, so just for um, for context, like when you're going into these runs, you're trying to collect these gears and um, you have to defeat certain enemies to get these like gears and you collect them and bring them back to your base. There's a machine at the base where you enter these gears and then that's what helps you kind of rewind time for the next run. Um, but you don't have to do that. Like you can, you can rewind time kind of, I think whenever you really want to. Um, so you don't necessarily even need to use the gears from, from what I um, at least tried. And uh, I also just kind of felt like, okay, I added these gears in here and it, it kind of had this like great animation, you know, where it kind of like built up a little bit of hype. And I was really excited to hop back into the world and see what happened after I added these gears in and nothing really changed that much. Um, you know, after you beat the first kind of boss, um, which was interesting, you know, the boss didn't have a cutscene or really, I didn't really know why I was fighting this boss. It was the, um, I think her name is the McCantress. Um, so I did beat her and then that kind of opens up another biome for your next run, like a swamp biome. But I didn't really find that like, I knew, I, I knew I was a wizard trying to like something had, you know, kind of shattered and fractured, you know, this world. And I'm rewinding time to try to figure out what happened. And pe from what people were telling me, I'm not the first wizard to try to do this. Um, and that's really all I really took from the story is that, the rest of the time, I was pretty much alone trying to just defeat things, and I found myself not really caring too much about the story, um, which I, I really think that it would have been um, better. You know, the game is called Wizard with a Gun. Like, have an entire segment of getting the gun. Like, why does the wizard have a gun? Like, I, yeah. I don't really remember if they kind of dove into that, and I feel like it would have been interesting if, like, the first entire level or first, like, world that you're in um, is, you know, they're kind of explaining the story of like, maybe the first world that you're in, you're, you're not using a gun, you're just a regular wizard. And then there's a reason you have to get a gun. Um, so I don't know, just, you know, I know it's, um, uh, you know, it's not a triple a AAA game or anything like that, but it still is devolver. Like I expect a level of quality out of the story with devolver. Um, and I just didn't feel like it was really there. So I definitely agree with you, Tom. It's, uh, uh sounding like we're pretty much on the same page so far yeah, yeah. with the game. Um, but, and I was, I was surprised at that as well. I also do want to mention that I also did the same thing. I started with controller, switched to keyboard. Keyboard was definitely easier, which mm -hmm. is, was surprising for me because typically those style games, I find controller to be easier. Same. Um, but yeah, definitely mouse and keyboard was the way to go for me. Um, so uh, yeah, but I, I know we got to talk about the art. That's a big part of this game. So what would you think, Tommy? Well, you know, we already hinted at it, but this is the reason we were sold on the game. It looked so cool, right? Kind of these like little yeah. like cartoony like wizards with guns that almost look like the the dark mage from the original Final Fantasy, right? You could just see the eyes, and you know, with these these funky hats, and you got some really cool customization, which was really like like when I booted up the game and started customizing my character i was like oh this is awesome like i'm like all on board right and the art style is incredible i i am a huge fan of this kind of art style almost like 
this like playful kind of and I there there are versions of this kind of art that I'm not a fan of but for whatever reason I think it's like it's the little details like the little yeah. swirls you see in the in the trees and stuff like that that really just nails it home and I found uh it to really carry the game while almost as much as the next subject uh but <laughs> the, the the game like just looked beautiful I felt like and yeah, I think you you brought up some good points earlier about like you're you're going through the level and it's seen like there there's parts of the like the level missing that make it hard and almost you don't even really realize until you're you're there, which is was kind of annoying, but that might might have been just a just a gameplay choice, but I think the art yeah was incredible. It felt like the different kind of enemies felt unique. And um, the indicators for the different things you could do were very clear, which which I liked. And and there, there's a lot going right with the, the art. And I don't really have any complaints complaints there. But it was it was I wouldn't say unique. I've seen it before. I think Cult of, Cult of the Lamb. I'm going to keep bringing it up because I think is is a game that pulled this off a lot better. Um, and it is it's very similar to that and it is very dynamic your your character kind of the way it runs around and it's it's very fun to watch fun to like watch it happen as you're controlling the character and the indicators of like your enemies shooting their gun or throwing a bomb or whatever just like made a lot of sense you knew exactly when to to dodge and 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 start shooting at something It, it it really came together and I like kind of like that dark kind of vibe that it had as well, because like it's it's like it's like this weird, enchanted, evil kind of thing going on, and it felt that way. And I, I think they really nailed it. So I was a big yeah. fan of the art, obviously, and 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 we kind of knew that going into the game, though. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, that was definitely you know it was one of the the big factors that lured me in to, to wanting to play this. And I definitely got, um, you know, obviously cult of the lamb, you know, vibes from the game. Uh, but also I, I just wrote down like some battle block theater or like castle crashers sort of mm-hmm. vibes, but in kind of in a three dimensional world versus like a 2d uh, kind of platformer game. Um, and obviously those are older games, but that's kind of what I was thinking at first. Um, and I also thought like the particle effects, you kind of mentioned like the little, um, a little like squiggly things mm-hmm. that like come from like the environment. Uh, I thought they were really satisfying. Everything with like the different types of bullets that you get. Um, you know, uh, I, especially like I use like a lightning bullet that kind of shoots down. Um, um, you know, it's got like a 15 second cooldown per shot, but it shoots down like this giant um, bolt of lightning. And I thought that was really satisfying. And pretty much all of the different elements were really satisfying to play with. Uh, they looked great. Um, and I also thought, you know, uh, the swamp world looked fantastic. Like that was the kind of the only other different biome that I had gotten to was the swamp world. And it definitely felt different than the original kind of world that you're in. Um, so I thought they did a good job kind of differentiating the two. You know, there's different um, creatures over there. And, um, you know, there's there's um, like uh, ooze that you can walk in that kind of or poison that you can walk in. You know, there's different kind of. Um, uh, looking things over there, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. That that definitely made it feel um, uh, like a, like it was a worthy of a new biome. Basically, it wasn't just like the same sort of things with a different skin on it. Um, so that was great. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I just think overall, like the art is one of the stronger parts of the game. Um, you know, everything from uh, even just the way the menus look, uh, I thought they did a great job kind of theming it to the entire game. Um, you know, your hot bar on the bottom you mentioned is kind of like an MMO sort of thing. And that I thought that looked great um, as well. Um, you know, everything is kind of in this whimsical sort of art style, but also there's that dark presence that's kind of surrounding everything. Um, and yeah, the character creation was great. Like I, uh, I chose like some stuff. Um, I'm not sure if it was part of the uh, pre-order, but there was like a, something called the Noble Wizard Pack that you could get. And uh -huh. I think it had like the Jester hat in it maybe, but that's what I ended up wearing. I'm not really sure what was in it, uh, but it was great to like just kind of build your character. Um, and then each of those items that you have can be enchanted and you can also change the way that it looks while you're playing. So you're not really stuck to the, to the decisions that you make at the beginning in terms of the way your character looks, which is, um, which is great. But, uh, yeah, I, overall, I you know I don't have too much more to say about the art just because it, it, it kind of is what it is. Like when you see the game, you're either into it or you're not into it. Um, and I think it is one of the stronger parts of the game. Um, because it's just so interesting to look at, but it also, I wouldn't say it's completely unique to kind of look at because of things like Cult of the Lamb that, you know, are pretty recent, right? They, mm. they came out last year, I think uh, it came out. So it's still a relatively um, kind of new title that's very similar to this one. Um, so maybe this, we would have different opinions on this if it was kind of spaced out a bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe, it, maybe Wizard with a Gun, you know, Maybe it came out in early access this year and then it released fully, you know, in a year or two, something like that. We might have slightly different opinions on, on the art, but it is very close to Cult of the Lamb. Um, but I know you're really excited to talk about the next category, and that's the sound and the music of oh, the yeah. game. Th this is, give, give it to me, Tommy. This Tell is me. this is by far the best part of this game. When when I opened up the original menu and started going through the different options and was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. The music's kind of lining up with me doing it. And then I realized that yeah. every time you switch an option on the menu, you'd strum a, 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 a string on the guitar. Oh, I was like, perfect. <laughs> I was like, and, and just like that kind of like, cause like when you, when you think of wizards, right, it could be anything. It could be like very fantasy esque or whatever, but they kind of made these cause they had guns. These wizards with guns were closer to, like desperados, right, yeah. or, or like a cowboy of some sort. So like, it had this like really like country western, like but a whimsical kind of like feel to it, like with these these acoustic guitars and really really like vibey music. And I I, I loved it. It was like, yeah, it was it kept me wanting to play. I will say more than anything else in the game, and. That's saying a lot because I'm I'm already kind of a, a fan of of some alternative music, right? Like a, a little bit more on the the country western side of things. So it kind of really spoke to me. But it they they really nailed it, and and I even went on YouTube and was like kind of just putting on different tracks from the the soundtrack, and and there there were tracks with 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 vocals as well. Kind of had this like you know grungy kind of like outlaw country kind of sound and vocals, which is really neat. And and yeah, I was a, I was a big fan of, of the music and then the sound design. You know, totally made sense. It was well done. There was there were no complaints there. I was never like, what is this? Like it all it all was 
like made sense for what it was and and not that there's a lot of complexity on that side of things right it's just guns and and like you know building things with with gears and, and mechanics and stuff like that so it's it's pretty what what you expect from from stuff that sounds like that so basically the sound design was like great but like the music the the soundtrack was was eons away from the rest of the game in my opinion but what about you yeah yeah uh i definitely agree again um you know i uh i thought you know the the guitar sounds on the main menu was like the first thing that i noticed and i was like this is gonna be great like in terms of sound um just right out of the gate uh, really cool to see that and i'm sure there's probably already some people out there that have somehow made music from just the menu <laughs> items right or something like that the mario theme song or whatever um and uh, yeah, most of it's like kind of like just acoustic guitar that's kind of like in this spacey sort of vibe. You know, like you said, it's it's almost like a, a mix of like um, kind of like country bluegrass and like uh, just sort of, yeah, spacey. I, I kept thinking of like No Man's Sky mixed with like banjos. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, so it was definitely um, really great soundtrack, especially I found myself really loving the Swamp um, soundtrack. And, and that music, it was kind of this like deep drum with like an echo and like just kind of this like light acoustic guitar playing over it. Um, and I haven't actually looked anything up on like Spotify or YouTube, but I definitely will, especially for whatever that track was. I'm not too sure. Um, but I found myself, uh, even though, you know, the runs are limited, right? Or you have five minutes uh, where you can extend the runs by destroying certain things. But I found myself just standing there for like a good minute or two, just listening to the music. Um, especially, you know, I was, I was pretty deep into like the swamp area. Um, and I probably should have been doing other things, but it was just so great. Like they just killed it with the, the, the sound, uh, the soundtrack and the music for the game. And, uh, yeah, like you said, everything in terms of like sound effects, um, and kind of just the way the environment sounds, uh, everything was sort of as expected, nothing too, um, too crazy. Like I, I found that the sounds, you kind of have these like pink, um, sort of like they almost look like portals from the game portal, but it's like a little ovals come in. And if you destroy them, that extends the time for um, the run that you're doing. So they all have the kind of the same sound when they appear. So I thought that was great, you know, cause you don't even have to really be looking at it, but you can know that something had spawned in near you and you should probably go try to kill it so you can extend your run. Um, so stuff like that was great. Uh, the combat music was pretty good as well. Um, you know, just kind of getting a little bit more sort of intense uh, as you're kind of dealing with all these enemies. But yeah, really for me, uh, and I have to try to, you know, maybe we'll tweet it out on the Fresh Buds pod um, or no, a Fresh Juice pod. Fresh, Jeez. Juice pod. <laughs> fresh I'm looking at your sign. Maybe fresh <laughs> buds. The Fresh Juice pod Twitter. Uh, I'll probably see if I could find, um, you know, some of the songs that we like and we'll just tweet about them uh, mm -hmm. just because they're just they're just so good. I agree. It's like. I think the art and the and the music uh, of this game is the strongest part uh, by far, and especially the music. Um, it was just you know I could find myself just listening to this while I work, um, basically, and or or even just playing another game entirely. Um, you know, it's funny too because outside the podcast, just for the listeners to know, Tommy, you actually did message me a uh -huh. YouTube track. Um, but that's not from this game, correct? No, but it no. Was, but it's similar to this yeah. game. It's kind of that deep space banjo sort mm -hmm. of music or whatever it is. Um, so that's definitely, like, I love that vibe. And I wouldn't be surprised if I saw other games kind of following along that for the near future. Uh, just because I think I think there's a trend kind of happening right now with that 
deep space sort of banjo music, um, at least from what I what I know. But well, um, it's it's, yeah. it's a a and B that had never really been together, really. Like banjos typically in like really acoustic setting in in bluegrass or country, yeah. and not really in this like spacey electronic vibe. And it, and I. I gotta be honest. I was listening to the soundtrack for Wizard with a Gun, and that's probably why YouTube recommended that like playlist to me of the space, deep space banjo. Um, yeah. And uh, I was listening to. It, I was like, damn, I would play a game with this soundtrack like all day. It's like so good. So yeah, 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 definitely. I'm gonna probably look it up tomorrow and just have it while I'm working. It's just so good. <laughs> it really is. If you guys haven't. You know, if even if you're not interested in the way the game looks or anything else, at least look up the soundtrack and just just jam to it for a bit and let us know what you think because uh, we just think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, performance uh, we both played on Steam, correct? Yeah. I didn't run into any bugs really, so I mean it, it was pretty clean for me. I mean, I, I, that's what I would expect from Devolver at this point. Um, yeah, but I don't know about you. Yeah, I uh, I also didn't really run across any bugs. Um, the only thing that I ran across, and it's not a bug, but I just feel like it's uh, maybe something they could just fix, uh, is that when you're running around the world, you're kind of you know you're using WASD um, to run around, at least on PC. And when you open up the map, when you hit M, so typically I'd be running around and I would need to look at the map while I was running. But as soon as you open up the map, it uh, because you're holding down like W, it shifts the map down because uh-huh. it thinks you're trying to like look at the top part of the map. Um, so there were a few times where I opened the map thinking that it was a bug because I would just see a black screen as soon as I opened the map. And then I figured out that it was because I was holding down the walk button while I did that. So, you know, that's it's not a huge deal. It's like not fully related to performance, but I just I, I thought it was a bug at first. <laughs> but other than that, uh, there were yeah no bugs. It ran really well. And um i i was gonna recommend that i i think this is a game that could easily run on switch but with our experience with the controllers i don't know if that's the best option you know, i'm sure people could adapt to it but i really found the keyboard and mouse to be like way better than the controller for this game yeah yeah i was thinking i was like man i wish this was on switch like when i first started and then i started playing with the keyboard and i was like you know what maybe not maybe not and and maybe there's a reason it wasn't on switch to begin with. So, you know, who who knows? We can't really, we can only speculate so much, but let's get to our ratings. So for those of you don't know, our ratings are as followed grocery store themed ratings, of course, because we are fresh juice. Your, your, your highest tier is certified fresh juice, which we haven't given No, you've given one. You've given one episode on the first episode. Um, Uh, next is a steal, so like you're getting a pretty good game for for the price. Uh, you're not happy. You're not unhappy to spend that money. Uh, next after that is get on sale. Wait for it to go on sale. There's sales all the time. Uh, Humble Bundle, uh, Steam Summer Sale, Nintendo Switch has sales all the time. And Hotline then there's Miami. Sorry, Hotline Miami, two dollars. <laughs> I mean that's one go. hell of a sale. Uh, <laughs> Manager Special, which is usually you know some less than good goods that are really cheap for some reason and you're questioning why but worth picking up if you're if you only want to spend like a dollar on something uh and then spoiled milk nobody wants to buy that it's the worst thing you could ever buy 
because you have no use for it. So, um, you want me to start with my rating first, or you want to hit hit me with yours? Um, go ahead. Yeah, I'm curious to see what you think. Okay, so I okay for I came on I came at this game pretty hard, right in the yeah. review, in the main squeeze there. That being said, I'm gonna give it a low get on sale, right? It's a it's a twenty five dollar game, and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good things going on with it. And I I feel like if you are someone who's really into roguelites, like myself, you got to understand it's not your traditional roguelite. It has a lot of those elements. And maybe you're, you're someone like myself that's a huge roguelite fan. But beyond that, you really want something different in an experience. This is it, right? Because there's, you know, there's there's an argument to be said that a lot of the different things going on are done well enough that it's a good game right and 25 bucks not the worst price for a game like this right but i would i would rather pay like 15 dollars to play it so Mm. if you can get like that kind of price that's where i would go it's but it's a low get on sale it's bordering manager special which i hate to say but there's there's enough good going on that that I'm 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 happy to give it a get on sale. I think I think there is still a lot of value to be had with this game and the different things you can do. And to be honest, there could be updates to this that that kind of really fix a lot of our issues. So keep an eye on it if uh, if if that's yeah. a thing thrown on the wish list. Um, but that's where I'm at. A low get on sale. This is not even a solid get on sale. All right, so this is something that the manager's looking at for next week. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, uh, definitely um, some good stuff there. You know, so this is kind of how I've been. Um, uh, I'm gonna start at least. I started with this game uh, with how to do the ratings. Is that I start with certified fresh juice, and whenever I feel like it needs to drop. I drop it to the next one, and if you know, as I continue to play it. So, I started out with certified fresh juice. Maybe for the first hour, I was like, "All right, this is really great so far." Um, like I understand the gameplay loop. Um, you know, it's 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 really it's really hooking me right now. And then as I kind of got more into those tedious kind of parts of the game, uh, I, I I reduced it down to a steal. And then, you know, that might have been another two hours of playing. And then the rest of my time playing, I did knock it down to a get on sale price because all I kept kind of thinking was that this is a $25 game and it's just a lot going on. And, and granted, I did not play uh, co-op like co-op could be, you know, if, if I was solely you know, playing this co-op with you or, or someone else or whatever, maybe this would have been a, a higher tier because, you know, I could see it being... You know, maybe I don't really know how the co-op works. Maybe someone can be back at the base building things and someone could be out in the world farming things. I'm not really too sure because we didn't get a chance to play that. But for me, it is a get on sale. I think I think, you know, you you said fifteen dollars. I think that would be a fair price for this game. I was also I do this with any game, um, but specifically Devolver. I was trying to see if this was going to be on Game Pass because it just seemed like one of those games that would fit nicely in like the Game Pass catalog. And Devolver's had great games on Game Pass before, um, but 
it, it, it's not on Game Pass. So um, I would say, yeah, get on sale, 15 bucks for the game. Um, you know, like I said, it's got about a 13-hour story. So what is a dollar an hour? You're kind of getting out of the story in a, in a way. But I just feel like the game doesn't have as much replay value as I was hoping. Um, I just kind of felt like it, it was getting a little uh, pun, I guess, stale. It was getting a little stale after a certain point um, where I just was not super... Um, interested in kind of continuing the story, but I was interested in kind of just hopping back in the world and doing some stuff and hopping back out. But I didn't really care about like, you know, just progressing the game, I guess. Uh, so yeah, for me, it is a get on sale. And something I do have to say here, which I think will be really interesting, especially, you know, maybe, um, you know, after episode 50 of this of the show or something like that. But I am I am cataloging all of our ratings. I also have all of our uh, or all the genres that these games fall into so after 20 episodes or whatever it might be we will let you guys know kind of where both of us stand you know does tom like a uh, certain genre more than me you know whatever it might be what games does he rate higher and what games do i rate higher just so there's some transparency kind of going forward right where um, you know, if we're if we're playing another game like this, Wizard with a Gun 2, you guys kind of know where we stand in that sort of genre. Um, and I just think that's good for, you know, just like I said, transparency. Everybody's kind of got their little biases and what they like, right? That's that's the beauty of gaming is you can kind of find what you like. So, um, yeah, but it seems like for the most part, and I was not anticipating it going this way, but we pretty much agreed on every aspect of the yeah. game. Um, and I, uh, I was really thinking it was going to be a certified fresh juice going into it. If I'm being honest, like it yeah. just looked like it had so much promise, but I was a little disappointed. And, uh, I just kept thinking I spent $25 on this game. Like I wish I spent less on the game, but, um, but with that being said, you don't have to spend any money on the game, right, Tommy? Because we have two steam keys to give away for the game. Oh, no. Sorry, no, it's not for this game. <laughs> not for this game. We it's don't for the have game last TV. week, Space Wreck. Uh, yes. But before we get to the giveaway, I have one one more. You know, I was yeah. thinking about how to best put this out there for a roguelite f- fans in general. Uh, something that I've always found to be true, whether it's Slay the Spire, Dead Cells, Enter the Gungeon, uh, Binding of Isaac, or whatever. All these great roguelites is... When when you fail a run in this game, I'm not itching to go on another run. Yeah. Right? As 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 much as I am on those other games. I, I still do it and like I still want to go on the other run. That's why it got the get on sale. But it's not it's not that like like I gotta I gotta like actually do it this time. So uh yeah. but yeah, we do have a giveaway for Space Wreck, which we reviewed yes. last week. Uh two Steam keys, right? Uh, yes. and, and the way, the way, uh, folks won this is we, we put out a tweet and, uh, Maddie, if you would do the honors of picking, he's going to do some random nonsense over there and, and, uh, yeah, let us know who won. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, um, if you guys did enter on Twitter, that's where we were giving it away. Um, you guys could reply to the tweet and that was one entry. And if you retweeted the tweet, that was a bonus entry. So I have some people in here, uh, we have 20 total entries. So you guys have pretty good chances of getting, uh, these steam keys for space rec. Also, thank you to the developers, 
uh, for sending this over to us. Uh, really do appreciate it. They approved and greenlit the giveaway, so thank you for that. But I have all everyone's name, Twitter name, into a random line picker right now. I swear, you know, I'm not lying. Everything's in a random line picker. I don't even know who entered. So uh, we're going to choose the two winners right now, and we will tweet them out uh, the day after this episode airs, so tomorrow, if you guys are listening right now. Um, and if you're, you know, obviously if you're, if you're listening, uh, right now, we probably already DM'd you. So I hope, uh, I hope you enjoy the game, but here we go. Let's see. Pick random line. Oh God, it didn't work. (laughs) It didn't work. Let's, uh, oh my God, it didn't work. Why did it not, not work? All right, Tom, I need, I need you to hop into the listener questions and I will redo this. Oh, we're going to have a listener question. We'll get to the giveaway again. We're not editing out because, you know, this, this shows what kind of operation we are. It's just two, two dudes talking about indie games. But the first question comes from our dear friend Bags, who asks, which Indie games do you think are on par with triple A titles? Um, Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, so, you know, I kind of alluded to it. Like, Devolver tends to put out some excellent stuff. And we've talked a lot about Dead Cells. I think Dead Cells is something that's basically close enough to be on par with a triple A game. Now, I know triple A games aren't really doing a lot of, like, side scroller or whatever any of that they're usually kind of really 3d oriented and 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 very realistic but that doesn't mean that these games aren't on the same level um i think loop hero i i don't know why i didn't talk about this game last week but loop hero when when someone asked uh which game do you wish you could experience for the first time again loop hero is one of those games Loop Hero is one of the most well thought out and unique games I've ever played. Maybe ever. I like I've never played another game like it and it was just that good. And I think the the level of care and craft that was put into that game is almost beyond AAA titles in my opinion. I and I hope for the sake of the developers, I know that I think they're from the Ukraine. And that there was supposed to be some DLC coming out for that game that got delayed by the unfortunate circumstances over in Ukraine. But I hope that things kind of calm down and that they can get back in the saddle safely and, and put out some DLC for that incredible game that they created. And and that's one that I feel like is is close, if not better, than AAA titles. Uh, what about you, Matty? Yeah, um, no, I think those are some great choices. And uh, honestly, Loop Hero is a game I just need to um, try out some more. I know you've, I've, you've talked about it a bunch, and I've, I've, I've watched it a, a decent amount, uh, but I need to try it out. But I think for me, the game that just stands out the most is Cuphead. Uh, oh, I just yeah. think Cup, like Cuphead is just so polished. Uh, I, I never, you know, for a game being so difficult, you would kind of uh, hope that it was really polished so that there were no other kind of obstacles in the way of you trying to beat it but a cuphead for me is just you know they they do everything right pretty much uh and just it just runs so well and you know like i said or like you mentioned there's not a lot of um AAA games that are kind of side scrollers or you know things like that they're kind of doing those open world 3d uh style games so i, I was having trouble kind of trying to think of one of those you know i played valheim before but valheim's definitely you know it's not super 
um, polished compared to like a triple A game. Uh, so I would definitely say Cuphead is probably uh, at the top of my list or near the top of my list for games that you know if if we if we did a blind test right and no one knew the developers of these games, someone uh, probably a lot of people would say Cuphead was a triple A title um, just sure. because of how how well it runs and how how good that game is um, made, but. Uh, I am also still working on the giveaway stuff right now. No, so it's all right. We got some more questions. Yeah. So next comes from Green Jester G. Ooh. Shout out Ricky. Um, <laughs> who asked, <laughs> uh, which indie game do you wish most had a sequel that currently doesn't and why? Um, this is a tough one. I think there's a lot of great yeah. games here. And it's so tough because a lot of the good ones that you want a sequel to have just have like a ton of DLC. I think you could easily say Dead Cells in this situation, right? But like the the amount of DLC that you get with that game, I think you can almost say that it's had a sequel in a way. Um, I I would say Enter the Gungeon comes to mind here. I would love to see. I I know that they did a different version like that. Uh, it was, but it was a different game. It was, it was not a, a a true sequel. It was more like a spiritual sequel. Um, yeah. Enter the Gungeon comes to mind. Cuphead comes to mind as well. Loop Hero. I I just mentioned. Uh, you know. I I think that's like some of the big ones. Crawl. I would love to see more crawl. I mean, I I would love to just see some DLC there, but. If, I, if, I, yeah. if I'm going to say Enter the Gungeon would be a really cool game to get like a because really the original Enter the Gungeon was gosh how long ago maybe 2014 or something like that so like we're almost coming on 10 years I think with Enter yeah. the Gungeon to kind of see like an updated game uh, in, yeah. in, in, and and uh, story for, for that game I, I think it would be uh, pretty pretty cool what about yourself? Yeah, no, I think this is a great question. And um, I was actually, I was going to say Rocket League because Rocket League is technically an indie game. I know now, I mean, that's probably a good answer for the last question, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know where Rocket League could go from here, uh, but I, I, I really think um, my, my true answer for the game, and this is uh, one of the earliest indie games that I remember playing back in 2012, is a game called Fez. Uh, not sure if if a lot of people even played it, but it essentially was a um, I think they called a 2.5D uh, platformer, where essentially you're this character Fez, and you know you're kind of walking around um, this this sort of platformer style game, and then you can kind of turn your perspective and go around uh, this sort of like column that you're sort of going up this level. Um, and apparently there was supposed to be a Fez too, but it got canceled. Uh, for whatever reason, and you know it's been 11 years since since Fez came out, and I just I had a great time playing Fez. It was really a game that surprised me. Um, so I would just like to see a Fez too with kind of the modern take on it, right? A lot of these games that come out now, they've got a lot of great quality of life updates, things like that. Um, so I would just like to see kind of if Fez two, um, you know, could potentially um, be something good. Uh, then another one that I did think of was Tunic. Um, oh, Tunic yeah. came out last year, and you know it's kind of a Zelda ripoff in a way, right? And I did play a bit of it, and it, you know it's fine—a very simple version of Zelda. Um, but I would like to see what they could kind of do, you know, if if it was a little deeper, right? If it was lo- more like Zelda, I, I would love to see kind of what they could do with Tunic. Um, but I know that game just came out last year, so <laughs> it's not—you um, know—there could be a, a sequel in the works. I'm not too sure. 
but uh, yeah, those those are probably my my list for for uh, sequels for these indie games. Another one I want to throw out there is is a game called A Short Hike. Mm, uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Which which uh, my fiance and I played together. And it was, it's it's like a very relaxing indie game. You kind of just like you're you're this like bird who's got to walk through this like town, and it's short, hence the name. But yeah. what if we got a long hike as the sequel? Um, you know, kind of like a little bit. And Celeste would be another great game to kind of oh, do a sequel. Yeah. There's 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 a lot of uh, there's a lot of great options there. But that's a great question. And the the last question we have here is from Rcarp11, who asks. What is the best console for indie games? And I mean, I'm going to say it right now. It's, it's the Nintendo Switch. You know, a lot of these indie games don't have a lot of intense requirements. And, and you know, it, you can just download it onto the Switch and just play it wherever in your house. Or you can play, you could dock it and play it on the screen. You can go on the shitter and, and play it, you know, whatever you want. So uh, I got to say Nintendo Switch here. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, I, I think it's funny too because uh, when we go to PAX East every year, we're always talking to the indie devs, and probably our number one question is, "Are you going to release this on the Switch?" And surprisingly, I would say, you know, a good portion of them, maybe thirty or forty percent of them, say that they don't have plans for the Switch or that it's it's something that's coming after. Uh, they release on the other consoles, which is always interesting to me because I always, you know, the, the Switch. You know, Nintendo. I don't feel like Nintendo's always been a really great place for indies, but the Switch is just so fantastic for indies. I think because it's portable. Um, and I know this question is asking about best console, but I think if it was asking about best platform, you know, I think the PC gives the Switch a run for its money. I still would probably choose the Switch just because of ease of use, but just because all of these games are built on PC, so you're getting a lot more releases on mm. PC than really anything else. Um, and you know, it's not all on steam. They have a bunch of different stores and websites you can download that stuff on. Um, so if you're looking for like volume of indies to try out, I would say PC, but if you're looking for like the best overall experience, I would say it's on, um, on the switch for sure. Yeah. And, the, and to be honest, the switch is the best console for party games, right? Like yeah. couch, couch games. Like you can play for four or more people like sitting down playing a game and like in, in the same room and a lot of the indie games that tend to be really great boomerang foo be an example um tend to be one of those kind of party games so that's why i have to say the switch but you're correct the pc has the most so yeah it's, you... it's all it's all about you know what what do you consider the best is it the yeah. most or is it is it just uh the quality i guess it would be the quality then right the best but yeah, definitely the switch um for sure but yes i have figured out the giveaway all right stuff i realized what i did wrong i put everyone's names in the winner section versus the entry section so well, everybody's we a winner in our book except for now when we have to choose two <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've got two winners for space wreck here we go the first winner is at five botiek on twitter we will reach out to you congratulations and the second winner is at Sentinel19651. Congratulations, both of you have just won a copy, a Steam key for Space Wreck, which is a new retro RPG that we covered in the last episode. So if you're curious about that, definitely check it out. But Tom, give them a round of applause. Give them a round of applause. Great, great job, folks. We're really yes. happy. 
our juice heads, I'll tell you what, they are really doing it out here with these giveaways now. <laughs> this is a this is yeah, they're pretty juiced. Pretty fresh. Uh let's do the rec room and then say our goodbyes. Uh rec room is when we recommend something that's not maybe an indie game or something, you know, it could be food, it could be anything, to be honest. Um what what would you like to recommend this week? Yeah, so for this week, it is easy for me. And this is, uh, I kind of hinted at it towards the beginning of the show, but uh, Spider-Man 2 came out for the PlayStation 5. And I know that's not, it's not anywhere close to an indie game. Obviously, the rec room doesn't need to be, but uh, I I have been playing, I don't know, I maybe have 10 hours into the game so far. And uh, it really has surprised me overall. Uh, you know, I, I played the first Spider-Man. I played Miles Morales, which is like kind of a, really just an expansion of the first game. 100% at that. Uh, and then uh, Spider-Man 2, I really didn't know, you know, if it was going to feel the same because it's really going to be the third Spider-Man game in, you know, I don't know, four years, something like that, four or five years. So what more could they do? And they have introduced so many awesome new mechanics into the game. Uh, that really just make swinging around and, and you can you have a wingsuit, you can kind of fly around New York City. Uh, it just makes it so much more fun. And that's what I love about Spider-Man games. It's like, I don't even need to care about the story or whatever. I can just swing around, you know, beat up some bad guys and just like kill some time. And it's just really satisfying. So if you do have a PlayStation 5, I recommend it to all the listeners out there. Check out Spider-Man 2. Um, and yeah, just Insomniac Games is just killing it right now. They might be one of the best AAA developers that we have right now because they're just coming out with bangers um, all around the board. And I know they're working on a Wolverine game as well, uh, which we really haven't heard too much about. So that could be in a potential you know, future rec room uh, for, for the show. But definitely Spider-Man 2, I, I recommend it. But uh, Tommy, what, what are you recommending today? Well, I don't have a PS5, so I, I won't be able to play Spider-Man 2. Uh, just come but- on over. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be over it a few, but <laughs> I, I will say the 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 ceiling is so high with with like superhero games, yeah, and also the floor is very low. I've I played some pretty garbage superhero games in my day, but I've also played Arkham City, which for my yeah. money might be one of the best games ever made. Like that, that's like maybe the last like truly like I like. Like sat down, I was like, I got a hundred percent this game. I had so much fun with it, but uh, you know, I'm glad that Spider Man's getting it's it's light of day, and and uh, Wolverine sounds like a pretty sweet game as well. Um, yeah. My my recommendation is an album, a, a music album, uh, as they t- tend to be. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's by this artist. His name is Logan Ledger, and uh-huh. he has a new album out. It's his second album uh, called Golden State. Now. Logan Ledger, he's a he's a Nashville-based artist. His voice is the living embodiment of Elvis, right? Uh, his first album had like two hits that were like pretty good, like 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 bangers. The rest of the album was just okay. I felt like, uh, but I kind of kept my eyes on him. And last month he came out with this new album, Golden State, and I had just gotten around to listening to it, and it was the best way to describe it is. What if Elvis released like a 70s kind of like vibey, dreamy kind of folk album? Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's, it's very good. And uh, I would say all the tracks are excellent. The The title track, Golden State's excellent. 
Um, also, uh, some misty morning that he performs with Aaron Ray, who's another great artist, uh, is, is another, um, uh, great track as well as all the wine in California. So if, if, if that's the vibe you're into, like we mentioned before, like I'm into the y'all alternative vibe. Um, yeah. that is, uh, that is, it, it's a, it's a great album. So check it out. But, um, I think it's good. Uh, now, what was that? Oh, are you absolutely sure that this isn't Elvis though? Because he's still alive. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, he looks a lot younger. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, maybe he found the fountain of youth. You well, it's funny. Know. Like, um, I was thinking for a hot second, um, uh, Orville, if, if you ever heard of Orville Peck, who is, uh, I've heard of him. So Orville Peck also sounds a lot like Elvis, but Orville oh, okay. Peck wears a mask all the time. Like a mask with like these frills coming down. And I'm like, I wonder if this is like his actual ego, Logan Ledger is, is, but I definitely isn't because (laughs) they, they're the bottom of their face looks a lot different, but, um, but yeah, it's going to do for the, I think it was a great episode, Matt. I think it was great. I really think that, uh, it, you know, I wasn't expecting it to go this way. Right. That's what's great about doing these weekly reviews is, uh, even when you're hyped about a game, you know, it might not it might not match your expectations. And even when you're not super looking forward to a game, it might exceed those expectations. And maybe that'll happen next week. We'll see. Absolutely. I forget what we're reviewing next week, but I'm sure it's going to be one hell of a time. We actually yes. have to decide, I think. Um, but um, I know they... we've got it. Oh, we've got it. Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're doing uh, Leica Age Through Blood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is uh, seems like a more narrative based game. So excited to kind of dive into that for the first time on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. We, we're doing variety, folks. Don't let anybody tell you different. So, uh, this was a, another banger of an episode, Fresh Juice and Indie Game Podcast. You can continue to find myself, Tommy Fresh, on Twitter at Fresh Buds Pod. Please also check out. My other podcast, if you're interested in trading card games, called Fresh and Buds, where I talk about the hit indie trading card game, uh, Flesh and Blood, the new classic TCG. And uh, yeah, um, and you can find us on all of our socials. Please, please uh, plug your stuff as well, Matthew. Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on my personal stuff, at Matty Gorm, G-O-R-M, uh, pretty much on everything, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, all that sort of stuff. Uh, definitely follow Fresh Juice Pod on TikTok. We've been we've been posting on TikTok all these listener questions. So if you guys have any listener questions, you can comment on there. Tweet at us at Fresh Juice Pod. Uh, but yeah, it was another another great app, Tom. I'm excited for next week. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, I, will we like a like a or will we not like a like a? Uh, <laughs> we will see. Uh, thank you all. Please stay fresh and stay juiced. And shout out to Goatsy. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>